Namaste and welcome to the Buddhism Guide podcast by Yeshi Rabgay. If you'd like more of my podcasts, blogs, videos or guided meditation practices, visit my website yeshirabgay.com And if you'd like to support my work, go to patreon.com forward slash Buddhism Guide. I hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is called Life Advice for High School and College Students. And it's a four-part special interview series. I was recently interviewed by Dash Pant for a special series in trying to help out college and high school students. Dash Pant is an incoming freshman at the University of Western Ontario's Ivy School of Business and a former student from Delhi Public School International, India. He is passionate about helping and learning from his community of high school and college students, and that is why he started this In Conversation series. So I'd like to thank him for giving me this opportunity to talk to high school and college students. But the information contained in here is not really just for them. It's advice for everybody. So I hope you enjoyed this special four-part series. Hi, everybody. Welcome to In Conversation with Lama Yashirabge. Um, the purpose of this series is to help high school and college students learn from one of the best people in the world, irrespective of their fields. So we're going to get top athletes. Today, we have a mindfulness and meditation expert, businessman, anyone who you can turn to for life advice. So Lama Yashirabge, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. You're welcome. So just a quick introduction about Lamaji. Karma Yashi Rabge, also known as Lamaji, is a Western monk who currently resides in the Khuda Ali Sher Monastery in Chandigarh. Um, he's perfect for this interview because he spent a long period of time teaching mindfulness in schools across Canada, UK, and he's recently partnered with um, the Round Square Schools in Asia. He's been working with the Round Glass Conference on the Wellbeing Project. Um, Lama Yashirabge also has his own wonderful app on Android and iOS. It's called Buddhism Guide. In addition to that, he has podcasts on Spotify, YouTube videos where he personally answers all your questions. And the amazing thing is Lama Yashirabge's videos and podcasts have been listened to over 2 million times. His blogs have been read by over 350,000 people and his guided meditations have been listened to over 1 million times. Um, other than this, he's written some wonderful books, um, Life's Meandering Path, The Best Way to Catch a Snake, and the third book, Ripples in the Stream. So Lama Yashirabge, thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us today. It really means a lot. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So thank you for inviting me. Perfect. So, um, Lama Yashirabge, I think 
the reason we are having this conversation here today is because a lot of the times kids who are usually you know in their teenage years or who are young adults have a very obscured idea of what meditation and mindfulness really is so a lot of us think that meditation and mindfulness is just sitting in one place and focusing on your breath and not thinking about anything and i mean you've been doing this for years and years so could you sort of tell us what mindfulness and meditation means really on a deeper level and how it can really impact our day to day life yeah so they're actually two separate things though with this new modern mindfulness that is coming up they've sort of put them together so you have mindful meditation now but <laughs> meditation is like a formal practice where you do sit down and like you say watch your breath and you know try to calm yourself down but i mean once you've done that then you look at yourself you look inward and see what are my thought process why do i think like this why do i act like this because meditation is the only place where we can really learn about ourselves you know if we want to be the best possible person we can be we need to know ourselves and we don't spend the time getting to know ourselves in fact we spend an awful lot of time in the external world and not enough time on the internal world so this is what meditation is about and of course you know when you say sit down watch your breath calm down it sounds very boring and it can be boring you know sometimes you sit and you oh, again so it can be like that but the benefits from doing that are huge mindfulness is different mindfulness are certain practices that we can do during the day that are going to help us so maybe you're starting to become a little bit anxious do a mindfulness practice maybe you've totally lost your focus you're trying to study or you're trying to focus on something and your mind keeps wandering off then do a mindfulness practice so emotions may have got the better of you then do a mindfulness practice so there are many different types of mindfulness practices so you have to find ones that work for you but the difference between meditation and mindfulness is that meditation is a formal practice mindfulness practices we do as and when we need them so it doesn't matter if you've just had dinner or you've done a big workout or you've just woken up or whatever it is if you need to do the practice mindfulness you can do that practice meditation is the the formal side of that all right wonderful so uh based on my experience of meditation and whatever i've read i think the essence of meditation comes down to awareness and so one really liberating concept in that is that a lot of the times we often identify with our thoughts and feelings we have not learned to separate one from the other when we haven't learned to separate the awareness from the thought or the feeling and so when we say that we are not really our thoughts and feelings and we are simply awareness what exactly does that mean and if it is so can we learn to reduce our anxiety any negative emotions we experience any intense emotions we experience using this idea yeah so we are not our thoughts we are not our emotions or our feelings because how can we be so on average you have 60000 thoughts a day 
So then which one is you? If you're going to identify with thoughts, which of the 60,000 are you going to say, oh, yeah, that one's me. So we can't identify with the thought. The thoughts are not us. That thought is just a process in your brain. Something has stimulated different parts of your brain. Now, it could be some stimulus outside, external one, or it could be inside a memory or a bit of anxiety that has made these thoughts come up. But because it's a process in our brain, they come to go. And if we just could slow ourselves down a little bit, we can then look at this. This is not a good thought. Let it go. I don't need to bother about that one. This is a helpful and skillful and compassionate thought. Yeah, I'll follow this one. So those thoughts are not you. And the same goes for emotions. We have emotions throughout the day. And again, we can't pick one and say, this emotion is me. Though we do, because we say things like, I'm an angry person, or I've always been angry. Why are you identifying with it? It is an emotion. That emotion is a process, again, of your brain. It comes to teach us something and then go. So they are not the thoughts, the emotions. They are not anything to do with who we are. It's just at the moment, that is what's going on in our brain. Now, when you have that awareness, it means that you can let certain thoughts go. You know, we get so fixated on, you know, somebody may say something to us, uh, oh, you, you're a lazy person. And then later on in the day, it comes back into them. Why did they say I'm a lazy person? And then when you lay down at night before you go to sleep, it comes back in your head, why am I a lazy person? So when we realize that those thoughts are not us, we can let them go. So having the awareness that thoughts and emotions are not us, we should not identify with them. Instead of saying, I am angry, or I am lonely, or I am anxious, we should say, at the moment, there is this loneliness, or at the moment, there is this sadness, whatever emotion and thought you're feeling. Because this gives you space. If you are going to identify, so here's you, and here's your thought or your emotions. I am. Look at that. Where do we go with that then? Because I've already said now that all of me is angry or all of me is sad. But when we say at the moment there is. So again, here's me. But now here's my thought or my emotion. So at the moment, this is here. So now we've got room. We've got space to look at it, to learn from it. So we should never be identifying with that thought. And the more you identify with the thought or the emotion, the more it's going to keep coming back, the more it's going to torment you. And if you allow that to happen, then anxiety is going to come in, fear will come in, frustration, all these things will come because we are identifying. So if you only learn one thing out of our conversation today, this is a great thing to learn that don't identify with what you are feeling or what you are thinking. They are just a process in your brain. Right, and I think that's really interesting because a lot of the times the popular culture today has to told us to avoid feeling negative, that we should always sort of pursue positive thoughts and positive images and 
good emotions but i think that's really futile because as humans we are meant to experience everything negativity yeah. positivity all kinds of emotions and when a thought comes in our head we sort of we don't think we just jump into it and we judge it okay this is a thought it's making me feel bad therefore it's disturbing and i must not think of it anymore and then you're stuck in a loop because the more you tell yourself not to think about it the more you try to sort of resist the thought the more it persists um one beautiful analogy i i heard somewhere is that if you're just sitting on a bench and you're watching cars come and go and there your thoughts and feelings and there's a car that's moving very slowly and it's a color you don't like and it's making a bad sound so you go ahead and you try to push against it and it's going to keep mm. going and you're pushing against it and eventually it will come and go but the more you try to push it the longer it will last and so we at some level have to just accept it and just let it go yeah i mean you're right about the popular culture today like the positive psychology that is going around that make everything positive but you know if you look at happiness we all know how to laugh and be happy nobody needed to teach us we didn't have to go to school to you know there wasn't a lesson on how we can laugh and enjoy ourselves so there's not a great deal we can uh, learn from that but the negativity we can learn how can i respond to that so and by doing that then we're learning we're growing so whenever those situations come again we've learned that process you know these days parents don't allow their children to fall down but if you can't fall down how are you going to learn to get up and it's perfect you keep that uh, child wrapped in uh, cotton wool until he goes to work and then see what happens because work is completely different life is not about everything is positive and the sun is always shining i mean even if it was it would be extremely boring but it isn't like that i mean we have our ups and downs and we can learn from both of them but particularly we can learn from the negative so sometimes we do need to turn that negative thought and twist it more towards the positive but we shouldn't be trying to block out the negatives we shouldn't try to block out the challenges we have in life because if you learn from those challenges you grow you become a better person so i agree with you that there's no point in just chasing after positivity because it's just simply not going to work we need to learn from the negatives we need to go through those experiences right and so my next question is um for high school and college students especially during the pandemic with online classes not much not much contact with the outside world i mean studies have shown that anxiety is through the roof people are always tensed and so could you tell us how we can sort of use this concept of awareness to better manage that um i think especially with covid and with all the news that we hear related to all these health disasters and everything it's very easy to get wrapped up in feeling negative and a lot of times now people have started obsessing over these things you know because it's been going on for 2 years and we constantly obsess and identify with this thing it's very hard to create a separation and step back like you said just to just to become aware so how do we become aware when we've identified with a thought for too long when we've judged it for too long when we've resisted it for too long and we're almost stuck in a loop 
and it seems impossible to break. Yeah, so I thought the, the first thing you need to look at here is that there are external and internal. If you have a look at your anxiety, it is usually external. So that means that we can't change the external. I can't change the weather. I can't change the pandemic. What I can change is internal, the way I feel, the way I think, the way I act. That I have control over. The outside world, I have no control over. And a lot of anxiety comes about because of that, because we're trying to change or we don't like the change that is coming our way. Of course, nobody liked this uh, pandemic. You know, it came at us and it's brought lots of changes. And, you know, as human beings, we hate change. Even if the change is good, there's always something we lose from change. So we already hate change. So that's putting us in the wrong direction. And when there's something like the pandemic and then we start worrying about, oh, this is going to happen or that is going to happen. At that point, you are not suffering from life. You're not suffering from what is happening now. You are suffering from your imagination. You have allowed your imagination to go off and build this whole scenario about, oh, this is gonna happen and that's going to happen. And of course, now it's difficult to deal with that. And the point of that is because it doesn't exist. It's only going on up here in your head. So we can't deal with the future. We can't deal with these stories that we tell ourselves. And uh, when we start to build these stories and start to let our imagination go wild, unfortunately, our brains are not able to tell the difference between what is fact and what is fantasy. If you are thinking, if you have built this story around whatever you're thinking about, your mind will now start believing it. When that happens, then anxiety, getting overwhelmed, fear and stress, tension, all those are going to come. But they all come from your imagination. They didn't come from what is happening here. So what we need to do when our minds go off is to bring ourselves back into the present moment. So what is happening right here and now is the only time in our life we can deal with something. We cannot deal with our imagination when the mind has gone off telling stories. And we can't deal with keep going back and rehashing and reliving what has already gone. The past is gone, the future is not here. It just leaves you now. So it's only now that I can deal with anything. So when our mind starts to wander off telling these stories, then we need to bring ourselves back by using mindfulness practices. And the best way to do that is using your breath. I mean, breathing awareness practices are the most simplest of practices we can use to bring ourselves back to the present moment. So whenever you start to get into that loop, where it keeps going round and round and round. You have to cut it. There is nobody else can cut it because nobody else is going through it. There isn't anybody in this world that is going through that loop, only you, and it's only in your head. So that means there's only you that can do anything about it. You can talk to your friends, you can complain, you can lay up at, you know, on the bed at night, not being able to sleep, but none of that is going to be helpful. You need to understand, look at that. Why am I getting anxious? Is it something I can control? 
If it is, control it, do it, change. If it isn't, then why are you worrying about it? Because it is out of your control. When things are out of our control, then we need to accept them. Like the change we're going through at the moment, we need to accept it. What can we do? You know, a lot of people are having difficult time at the moment because they keep going back one and a half years. Oh, last February or the February before we used to do this, we used to do that. Yeah, okay, you used to, but now you're not. What we have now is this. So how can I make the best of this situation? instead of getting anxious and stressed by it. And it's the same for, you know, if you're going for exams and you're getting yourself worried, you get yourself anxious and worried and all fearful about it, then you're not gonna do very well in the exam because your mind is already preoccupied. You're already telling yourself, I won't pass. And you keep saying you won't pass and guess what happens if you don't pass? So, Mindfulness practices are, are great ways of bringing ourselves back to the present moment. Then look at that anxiety. Can I control it? Do it. I can't control it. Learn to live with it. How can I change my life so I can adapt to this new way of being? That's how you're going to stop that loop of anxiety and the thoughts keep going over and over in your head. All right. Yeah, that is really true. And I think a lot of the times we know anxiety is not helpful for us when we as kids, teenagers lie in bed the night before exam, worrying about it. We know it's not helpful. And yet we can't do any, it, it almost feels like we are helpless that all of this is happening without our control. And we become really unconscious about it. And so you're worrying about exams and now you're in bed and you're like, oh my God, I can't sleep. Oh, if I don't sleep, how will I do well in the exam? I won't have any energy. And it goes around and around and around. And then it's 6 a.m. You haven't slept. And guess what? You're, you're going to, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. It is and, exactly that. That's and, exactly what it is. And so what do we do when we, when we sort of feel completely out of control in, in high pressure situations? I mean, for many people, they just experience the same thing almost every day a lot of people experience these panic attacks almost every day because they haven't learned to break this loop and i think a lot of it um the bit you said about acceptance that is extremely hard for us because we as humans always like to be in control of everything and our mind is i think our mind is it's more a product of habit rather than knowing what's good for it or bad for it it will just do what it's been doing what it's com comfortable with because it it resists any change, like you said. So what do we do then? So, you know, the, it's not necessarily of habit, but of patterns. That's how the mind works. We, you know, we have got so much information just thrown at us. I mean, even more now with, you know, internet and mobile phones and that. But we've always had too much information for the brain to be able to process. So then it has to push certain things aside. It has to make a snap decision. No, he's never looked at that. He won't be interested in that. So, and to save time and to save uh, energy, they look for, the brain looks for patterns. If you've done something before, it will make you go straight away. If you're not being aware, it will make you do exactly the same thing. So you, this happened, you acted like that, and you got that result. And you didn't actually like the result. And the next time, 
this happened, you acted like that, and guess what? You got the same result. And if you're going to keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same result. And that's where awareness has to come in. That's where we need to be aware. So that anxiety you're talking about, uh, you know, when you lay down and you can't sleep and then you get anxious because you're not sleeping, you get anxious about your anxiety and then it just becomes overwhelming. That is when you need to take your mind away and do some sort of uh, meditation practice like a body scan. You know, our breath and our body and our five senses are all in the present moment. They're always in the present moment. We can only breathe now. If you're watching your breath at this moment, it means you're in the present moment. Your body is always here in the present moment. No matter how far your mind has gone off, the body is always in the present moment. And the same for your five senses. You can only see, smell, hear, taste and touch. What is happening now? So it means you have these tools to use to bring yourself back to the present moment. You've always got them. Wherever you are, they're always with you. So you can always be using your breath or bringing your awareness back to your body or using any of your five senses. And that's what you need to do when you get into this anxiety loop. If you leave it, it will just get stronger and stronger. So you need to learn how to break it. And by doing practices where we come back to the body, the breath or our senses, these are like our anchors. If you imagine that there's a ship on the ocean and there's big waves coming, but it has an anchor. So the waves start taking the ship off, but the anchor brings it back. So if you think that your breath, your body and your senses are your anchors and that ship is your mind and your thoughts and your anxiety are taking your mind off to places you don't want to go. But because you have these anchors, your mind will be brought back to the present moment. So think of it like that. And when you have this anxiety, you need to do something about it. Just trying to sleep or trying to ignore it, it won't work. So you need to actually do something. And remember, the anxiety is in your head, so you need to be the person who does something about it. Now, whether you listen to a guided meditation, they're usually quite good, yeah. If uh, you lay down and you're trying to do a body scan or some sort of meditation practice to calm yourself down, if you're so anxious, your mind will just be veering off back to the anxiety the whole time. So it's good if you're listening to somebody else and they are guiding you and telling you because it's giving your mind something else to do. It's something to listen to. You're using your senses, you're listening and it's an outside voice. So your mind is paying attention. You know, we can only pay attention to one thing at once. So if you're paying attention to somebody telling you to breathe or you know, scan your body or whatever it is, then it's already taking you away from what is making you anxious. So I'd suggest you try that. There are so many, you know, guided meditations now. Just go on YouTube, it's full of them. So. Right, and I think that's a good point you made because a lot of the times when we're anxious and we try to meditate, um, we get these disturbing thoughts, images that are like, look at me, look at me, don't pay attention to your breath, come back here. It's almost sort of pulling you there. 
and mm. in that moment i think we all have a choice to make one is to recognize that your brain is going to sort of try to pull you back from the present moment because that's how you trained it and it is your responsibility now to just accept that and keep coming back keep coming back and until it becomes yeah. your habit i think so when you're doing meditation the I main lots of people say i can't meditate because i have lots of thoughts but that's part of the meditation process it's not taking you away so say you are sitting there and you're just focusing on your breath coming in and out and in and out and next minute you're thinking about what am i going to have for dinner and then you realize oh and at that point you just gently come back and you start what focusing on your breath again then you're thinking again you come back as soon as you realize you're thinking come back stop engaging the thought at that point and come back what you're doing there is that when you sit down your brain wave is going to be in that beta brain wave state like this the more that you keep gently coming back and watching the breath and going up gently coming back you'll start to slow those brain waves down to the alpha brain wave state which means naturally you'll stop having so many thoughts so without trying to because many people think that i've got to stop myself thinking and i've got to empty my mind you know one we cannot stop our thoughts because it takes a thought to think that i'm going to stop my thoughts so we can't stop our thoughts and also why would we want an empty mind i mean what will we do with an empty mind particularly if you're at school and you're sitting there with an empty mind what use is that so we're not trying to empty our mind so just don't see those thoughts as a distraction just notice i'm thinking gently come back the first thing you'll learn from meditation is patience that i'm thinking i'll come back i'm thinking again i'll come back so you learn how to be patient but the more relaxed the more patient you are the more the brain wave will slow down and then the less thoughts you'll get and the more time you'll spend meditating so don't look upon those thoughts as a distraction see them as part of the process that's going to slow those brain waves down This is the end of this episode but if you'd like to listen to more of my podcasts go to my website yeshirabge.com so thank you so much for listening and remember the only person we can ever really know is ourselves bye for now